Hello, my beautiful friend. Today I have a fun challenge for you, an invitation. I am going to challenge you to slow down. And the reason I think this is so important and kind of a lost art in our world today, in our society today, is that so many of us lead over busy, over stressed, chaotic, frenzied lives. We're oftentimes rushed. We're super stressed and overwhelmed with all of the hustle and bustle of everything that we're doing, all the directions that we're pulled in. We feel like we're running a million miles an hour all the time, pulled in a million directions. We feel like running around with the chicken with their head cough oftentimes, especially as mothers. We're putting out a lot of fires. We're just in reaction mode all day long. And that is exhausting. And I know for me, I felt like I was in reaction mode and survival mode for so much of my early motherhood until I finally started relearning what it means to slow down and to give myself permission to slow down when the world is pushing me to speed up, to do more, and to always pour myself into more busyness and more doing. And so I think so many of us are invited by the Lord to slow down enough to enjoy all these beautiful, simple moments with our families, with the ones that we love the most, because at the end of the day, it's not about all the things that we do and how busy our life is and how full our plates are. That's not the mark of the fullness of our life, right? But we want to look back and know that we were putting our time where it matters most, that we were enjoying those little moments again, the simple moments with the ones who mean the most to us. And so life can be this patchwork of just beautiful moments, even amidst the hard, if we allow it to be. But I do believe that there is so much joy and peace that we are not experiencing just because we are so, so busy, so hurried, and so stressed all the time. And so today I'm going to give you 10 tips, like little things that you can start applying immediately to let go of some of the hustle, let go of some of the stress and overwhelm and that chaos to move into a place of more peace and more intentionality and more presence with the Lord, with the people who matter most in your life, and with your purpose. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. So can you be honest with yourself? How is your maxed out, stretched thin, stressed out, multitasking, busy, busy, busy life working for you? Are you feeling the fulfillment that you really desire? I would guess that it's a no, if you're anything like me and the women that are in my community who are wrestling with these things too. So I think one of the biggest things that we don't really realize, and until I started doing some deeper reflection on how this was playing out in my own life, I didn't understand this. But I want to make a point that when we are always stressed, when we're always operating in survival mode, it actually unintentionally, as a byproduct, makes us more selfish. So what do I mean by that? So I know for me, just as a specific example, when I am, you know, really focused on like my tasks that I want to get done on my to-do list, when I'm like in, you know, trying to be in like productivity mode, 
I end up getting much more frustrated, much more impatient, much more frazzled when my kids interrupt me, when my kids need something from me, when like William wants a nurse or Matthew asks me a question or somebody needs me to feed them or help them go to potty or like whatever, any of those kinds of things. It's like I can have this reaction that's very unwarranted because they just need me in like the simple ways as a mother. But when I'm so focused on just trying to get the next thing done or when I'm so busy that I don't allow enough time to get out the door and we're like, I'm like trying to rush the kids around and it's just like power struggles and meltdowns and more, um, you know, chaos ensues. That's not fun for anybody. And I'm not being the mother that I want to be for my kids. I'm not being as patient as I want to be, as loving or gentle as I want to be. And so that's when that's what happens when I am overstressed or running around in survival mode, or I'm feeling like I just have to hustle all the time. I also think that when we are in survival mode, we're not really being open and receptive to how the people around us might need to be served in the moment. We might lose sight of a potential heart-to-heart conversation that the Lord is calling us into. We are just so focused on ourselves because we're literally just trying to survive the moment or trying to get the next thing done, trying to, you know, move on to the next place we got to be, right? We, we lose sight of the person that's right in front of us, or we don't even lift our heads up enough to notice those things and notice other people. You know, it's like the simple, you know, for so, so much in a rush, like we don't even, you know, necessarily give a smile to the person at the checkout counter or like those kinds of things. You know, it's the little things. I know for me, when I'm like head down, I'm putting so much emphasis on my to-do list. I lose, I really do lose sight of the people that matter most in my life and the things that matter most and the call to be present with them. And so that's one of the big things for me. That is one pitfall that we can fall into. Another one is that when we're so focused on the hustle, bustle, the stress, the busyness, we can really easily lose sight of or ignore our own needs. It's something we have to learn. We have to learn how to recognize our weaknesses, to recognize that like we we are humans and humans are limited in our capacity. And so with that, you know, God does invite us to lean in, to trust in him when he wants us to rest. And I think so many of us are so used to pushing through and always pouring ourselves out for everyone else, but not just ignoring our own needs and not necessarily feeling like we even have permission to rest. So we're going to get into that today. And then the other thing that I find often is when I'm always like focused on those things that make me super busy or those things that I feel like are super urgent all the time, it's very focused on like my own plans, my own timing, my own to-do list, but I don't open myself up to, okay, Lord, like what is your will? It's like my plans, my timing, my will instead of God's, you know? And so again, those little things that are oftentimes interruptions that actually they feel like inconveniences in the moment, but they're actually that call towards, again, back towards the people who matter most or what's most important to me. That feels very frustrating in the moment when it's meant to be sanctifying. It's meant to be something that allows me to receive the opportunity that the Lord has given me to reorient my gaze to what matters most. And he wants to fill me with the grace to do that. So the 10 tips that I have for you today to let go of a little bit of this busyness, to slow down a little bit, to move from this hurried, frenzied chaos and more into peace, presence, and purpose. Number one is to prioritize the non-negotiable tasks and activities that you have in this season. So oftentimes we we end up basically putting on ourselves a standard of this never-ending to-do list. And when we have this endless to-do list, not only do we end up feeling like we're always failing in it, but we also are spread very, very thin. And so I think it is very prudent 
that in every season of life, we have to really take that step back and ask ourselves, what are the things that are most important? And what are my non-negotiables that I need to prioritize? What are the things that are going to give me the greatest bang for my buck almost when it comes to my time and my energy and my, you know, not only physical um, bandwidth, but also my mental and emotional bandwidth? Because again, motherhood takes a lot of that. So does our work and our marriages and all of these things that we, we are invited to pour out into and also to receive. And so many of us too, I think in our modern world are faced with this like onslaught, this never ending onslaught of demands. And what ends up happening is that the things that are super urgent, I'm going to put urgent in air quotes, all the urgent overtakes what's actually most important. How many of us fall into that when it comes to both our work, our family life, our home, you know, management, household management, all of those things. So we have to take that step back and really assess what are my non-negotiables. And so for those of us who are in really, really busy seasons or really demanding seasons, like it could be early postpartum, it could be pregnancy, it could be a big transition, a you know military move across the country, PCS, um, you know, a new job, any of those kinds of things, or a really hard season of life where you've got a lot of challenges that are being thrown your way. Whatever it is for you that feels super demanding, those seasons are ones that we really do have to take a step back and ask ourselves, what are my non-negotiables? And this can be super simple things. Like, what are the non-negotiables for me in focusing on my family and focusing on my home and my environment and focusing on my own well-being, my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health? And when it comes to boundaries, something I've been really growing in as my coach has been working with me on is identifying what my yes and no list is for different seasons of my life. And so I've been reevaluating this on a monthly basis, essentially. What am I saying yes to this month? What am I saying no to? And being very intentional about those things because so many times I know I've fallen into the trap of carrying around the heavy weight of all these shoulds. And I'm like shoulding on myself all day long. I'm like saying <laughs> jokingly because of the pun, but seriously, we so many of us do that. Because we expect all these things of ourselves and that's what we're, we're measuring our worth against. And that's the standard we're holding ourselves to. And so if we're not living up to it, whether it's in you know, the cleanliness of our home or how we're mothering or what our performance is in work or how quickly we're able to lose all our baby weight postpartum, whatever these shoulds are that we are carrying around, feeling farther behind than we should be in whatever area of our life, or all these things we think we should be doing because we see, we compare ourselves to other people who are doing those things. You know, and so those things that we're carrying around that are shoulds, can we be intentional about what are we saying yes to and what are we saying no to? Because then we know we're creating space with our no's, those boundaries we are setting, we're creating more space for our yes. And that those are things that we've discerned with the Lord that he's calling us to do. So that's been a tremendously helpful activity to take the time to write down what am I saying yes to and what am I saying no to in this season. And sometimes it's a not yet. And I can be at peace because I know no is not forever. Sometimes it's just a not yet, or this isn't the right time, or I'm grateful for that opportunity, but I can wait a little bit. And I know that if the Lord wants me to say yes to that, then that opportunity will still be there. That door will still be there. And if he doesn't, then it will close. And that's okay too. I can trust him in that, you know? What are those non-negotiable activities and tasks and how can I create more space for those and know what I'm saying yes to and then also know what I'm saying no to. Second one is create space for prayer and reflection within our week and within our days. So I know for me, I've been learning this over the last couple of years, how to give myself space to reflect, 
to process everything that's going on in my life emotionally because otherwise what happens, and this is what I was so used to doing for so long, I would just push through, I would push through. But I realized that I was essentially either running away from, pushing past, or suppressing my emotions, or just ignoring them. And so they would end up kind of being being pent up as like adrenaline and stress and overwhelm or anxiety or whatever it was. And then they would eventually overflow into like either breaking point or it would be, you know, I would kind of fall apart at some point or I would just feel like it's all too much to handle at some point or another. Or it would pour out in a negative way. It would kind of bleed into the other areas of my life or my health or my relationships. And I'm not showing up the way I want to for those things, again, that matter most. And so if we don't create that space for reflection to take that step back and to say, to kind of check in with ourselves, to check in with the Lord, to reconnect, then we're going to feel it. And the people around us are going to feel it the most. There's a lot of tools that I can give you there, and we'll talk about that in future episodes. But I think one big takeaway that I want you to remember as you take that space for prayer and reflection is when we're in the busiest seasons of our life, we often feel like that's the first thing that we feel like we don't have time for. It's like, oh, I can't sit and be still and reflect and you know, spend more time in prayer. Like I can barely handle my life as it is, you know, and I think there, that's, that is the invitation to invite the Lord in more because he is going to shape our priorities. And oftentimes when I feel like I'm, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's not enough time for all the things that I have on my plate. I just feel that prompting from God to bring my to-do list to him and be like, God, I have no idea how I'm going to get this done. Please give me all the time that I need for everything that you ask of me. And he reminds you the truth that he is doing that. And that there's oftentimes unrealistic expectations that I have of myself or I'm carrying extra burdens of things that I can actually let go of that he never meant for me to carry in the first place. And so he wants to do the same for you. He wants to make your burdens light. And so don't be afraid to bring it all to him and create that space because anything that we give to the Lord is just going to be multiplied and magnified a thousandfold. That's what he does. He takes everything that we give him and we surrender to him and he makes it a million times more beautiful, more perfect, more refined. And he wants to lighten your load in that way. So allow him to fill you with that grace and to remember too, no matter what we're struggling with in life, this is why it's so important to bring our emotions to him too. No matter those things that we're struggling with, he will remind us that we are good. We are worthy. We are filled with grace and our identity is in him. You know, that we don't have to stay stuck in shame or discouragement or despair or that overwhelm or anxiety about the future, any of those things that we might be falling into kind of on day-to-day basis or might just be beneath the surface a little bit. He wants to heal those. So we can bring those things to him. And when we, that's the opportunity we have to be filled because I think so many of us are probably more of the personalities of like doers. We're like, we're very driven to do and to do good works and to serve the people around us, whether it's in our families or beyond We might be very achievement-oriented and very hard on ourselves in all of that. But when do we allow ourselves to receive? And I think that perfect prayer is actually a perfect receptivity. And that's what we're invited into when it comes to slowing down. We're invited to receive and not just to do. We lose sight of the journey along the way. And many of us get caught up in this idea that it's never enough. That no matter what we achieve, the fruit that we bear through God's grace and through his provision, that we have to just move on to the next thing. How many of us have a hard time slowing down and celebrating our progress, of celebrating our wins? We must immediately turn around and get back to work on our next goal. And so it's, again, it's this art that we are having to kind of relearn because this is not the way our world teaches us to be. 
Number three is prepare the night before. Instead of thinking this, thinking of this as like an obligation or like another should or another have to, this thing that we've got on our plate, think of it in terms of like, how can I be more kind to my future self? You know, morning Megan deserves to wake up, not thrust into the day, thrown into the day, like flailing into the day. Like I deserve to enter into the day with peace and with purpose and with intentionality and Yes, most of the time we're probably going to be woken up by our littles or whatever it is. I know, you know, William's always waking me up a million times a night still. But the thing is, we do deserve that peace. And so think about what are the things that I could do, even just little steps of, you know, getting my kids clothes out the night before, of, you know, getting my bag packed the night before, maybe my lunch packed the day before or breakfast or something like that. Um, you know, my pump parts like all together and washed or whatever it is for, you know, those things like that for you, like what are those things in the morning that create extra stress and how could you alleviate some of that by making a little bit more of a rhythm in the evening of preparation and make that a little bit more of a ritual to, again, it's not out of this obligation or this have to or should, but think about how does my future self deserve this kind of kindness and how could that potentially be really beneficial to enter into my day with a little bit more peace. So again, not out of blame or shame or out of this, ah, I have to do this thing, like this drudgery. It's an invitation to just think about, okay, maybe there's a little bit more ways that I can set myself up for success the next day. So I don't feel like I'm like pummeled (laughs) immediately as the day begins. And then number four, carve out time to be present with our loved ones. And this may be like super intuitive, but I think for so many of us, we really do want that time where we can be fully present with our families and for those of us who have very busy schedules who are working full-time who are you know gone for like 12 hours a day because most of us in the military like that's our it's our lifestyle you know and we want that time that we do have with our kids to be very purposeful and so something that we can do is to really just carve out that space by setting boundaries and I'm really growing in this but setting more boundaries with my phone being around when I'm with my family in the evenings Um, Like, what are those things that are distracting me from truly being present with them? And this is similar to number five, schedule our priorities in. The truth is, if we don't schedule things into our rhythm and routine, it probably won't happen. So this could include, again, quality time with our loved ones. It could include prayer or reflection time or like some combination of those things. It could include workouts or exercise. It could include taking care of our mental health, um, you know, making time for you know, making meals or nutritious foods or a little bit of prep ahead of time, like batch preparing some food so it's easier to kind of put together our meals when we're time crunched during the week to try to get food on the table for our families. Even if it's just 10 to 15 minutes of setting aside distractions and giving ourselves permission to, you know, and freedom to be deeply present to our priorities like that, that can make a really, really big difference. Because again, everything that's super urgent is always going to overtake the most important things if we don't actually protect those in a very practical way. So identify, remember the very first step was identify your non-negotiables. So what are those non-negotiables for you and how can you actually set aside time for them? So they have a place on your calendar too. And it's not just kind of, I think many of us feel like we're afraid that our family gets the leftovers of us. But we can unintentionally also give our family the leftovers or things will fall to the back burner when they're not carved out in our schedules. This isn't something that I'm telling you in order to make you feel like you have to abide by really strict schedules or anything like that, but I'm just inviting you to, just as you would schedule anything important, like a doctor's appointment and those kinds of things, you're not going to miss out on attending that. So those things that are important to you, we can make the time for and we can choose to do so. And then when it comes to presence with our families, I think many of us wish that we had way more time with them than we do, especially those of us who are working moms. 
but how can we make the most of the time we do have? Let's focus on, it's much more about quality time over quantity time because we could spend all day long with our kids, but not really be fully present with them and not be the mom that we want to be for them, not show up in the way that we want to. So it's not about the quantity of time. It's about the quality of time. One thing that has helped me a lot is kind of knowing what are those little things that are aligned with my either my spouse's love language or my kids' love languages and do those little things that make a really big difference for them and for me to feel that deep connection. Then to know that even if it's just a few minutes of that kind of intimate conversation or that cuddle time with my, you know, with my son or whatever it is, like those things that will fill their cups and fill your cups when it comes to connection, that's what's going to make a really big difference. So it's not about the quantity of time. It's about the quality. Number six, slow down during our meals and actually give ourselves time and space to eat and to enjoy eating. I'm kind of laughing when I say this. I know, of course, mealtime can be really crazy with little ones. It's just like it could be another power struggle. It could be like just trying to figure out how to get them to eat what you put on the table. But at the same time, I do think mealtime can be a really beautiful time of reconnection and to be filled. And so many of us end up working through our meals. We, especially at work, we will like sit down and we're working while we're eating lunch and we're not actually thinking, you know, enjoying our food at all. We're not taking that pause from the day to refresh our mind as well as our body. And so it's a very simple thing, but just slow down when eating your meals. And that will also help you to be able to listen to your body's cues, just to enjoy the process of eating and nourishing your body in that way. And food is so much more than just fuel. I think it's also a a deep source of connection of, you know, there's family traditions associated with food and so many other things too. And for us to um, just look at it as like a means to an end or also to brush past it and not like give it any, like not to take out all the joy from it is losing a big part of what can make life beautiful, you know? So I think for, for us, it's like always a big emphasis to just be together and to say our prayers at the dinner table. And it's so cute when the kids are learning it and all those things. And then to just be able to talk about our days and to laugh around the dinner table together and those kinds of things. And so that togetherness is always something that I associate with food. And I know for me, for so long, I was just pushing through eating as fast as I could while I was working. And then when I started to actually be like, no, like I am going to set this boundary for myself. And unless I have like a super busy schedule that day where like I'm running meeting to meeting or something like that, I'm going to sit down and give myself five minutes to actually eat my food without working at the same time. And again, it sounds silly, but it seriously makes a big difference. And my clients also talk about this too. And and so I know it's not just me. Um, Many of us do this. So give yourself permission to slow down and to enjoy your food. All right. Number seven, allow, this is especially true with little kids. Okay. So allow more buffer for transitions, for commute times, for getting kids out the door, for drop off, etc. So I want to tell you a story here because I think this really illustrates the point. So I know it can be very, very stressful and another scene of a lot of power struggles to try to get our kids dressed in the morning to do the routine of like getting your clothes on without them, you know, throwing it off and right as you're trying to get out the door. Oftentimes we can be really rushed in the mornings and I know it's also heartbreaking sometimes when we have to bring our kids to daycare super early and then the daycare drop off itself can be a source of a lot of guilt if our kids are like crying when we're dropping them off and super upset. For me what made a really big difference this year was allowing for more time for transitions. We had a little hard time this year in Matthew's adjustment into his daycare room as he was moving up to the next age group which was it was like a huge age gap in this room. It was like three to six plus year olds. And so there was a lot of, you know, other like developmental stages that the kids were in that were 
much more advanced, but he was coming home with like some different behavioral challenges and stuff like that we were working through. And it was a very, very difficult transition for him as we moved into a new place. And he also moved up from like the toddler, smaller toddler room to that um, main preschool room. He was very anxious every time going into his classroom. It just felt like chaos walking in. And so his nervous system was just like all out of whack and he didn't really feel like that sense of safety and security in the room. And so what I ended up doing was I just gave myself much more time to help him and William ease in, you know, and for William was in the infant room and he had a really good, pretty good experience, I would say. And I would go in and nurse him as much as I could and stuff like that. But for Matthew, something that really helped out was to be able to sit down and to draw him a picture every single morning and to kind of enjoy like those two to three minutes of drawing something with him of that quality connection time because when we're all getting out the door, we're like rushing, getting clothes on, and we're trying to like load up the whole car and not miss, you know, forget anything and um, all that stuff. Like that can bring a bit of stress, but it's not that time where they feel like their cup is filled in connection and that love and that graciousness that we really want to give them as parents. And so I really want him to be left on like a positive note as I'm leaving daycare. And so we kind of made that our routine. And that gave him a sense of this is what I can expect and I it was just a really good source of connection for us as I was leaving him at daycare but that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't allow myself an extra five minutes to do it with him and I think so many of us because we are not slowing down or we don't feel like we have permission to slow down are missing out on those moments but God does invite us to slow down a little bit because otherwise like these these days these moments with them they are so fleeting and they are going to go so fast All right, number eight is being firm but fluid. And so this is more about having a sort of rhythm and most people would probably call this a routine, but I really like the word rhythm better in motherhood than routine because routine to me, I think of very strict time hacks and like very bound by those specific timeframes. I think for me, when I try to stick to a super rigid routine, that rigidity externally comes and like bleeds into my heart and like my internal disposition turns into that same rigidity instead of the holy receptivity and so again I start to close in I start to become more selfish I start to become more head down focused on like what am I getting done where am I heading next and just lose sight of the people around me rigidity with my schedule it just makes me more stressed more anxious and I feel like my heart gets hardened because I am like forcing everyone else to conform to my own plans and my own ideas and like what's convenient for me, but I'm not necessarily honoring their needs and following my intuition and who the Lord is calling me to be for them in that moment. And so it feels much more chaotic and like we're not in this sort of dance of, you know, being able to respond very gracefully to their needs in the moment. So a rhythm of the day can be a really good way to create a more more of a sense of peace and order amidst the chaos because otherwise we're just in reaction mode all day long you know if we don't have a little bit of a structure or a harmony to our day that comes from a sense of order and peace then we're gonna feel like we're always in survival mode we're always reacting to whatever's most urgent and when we just are in reaction mode we're gonna fall victim to whatever everyone else tells us is most urgent and most important. And it's going to be all those external expectations from other people, from the world. We're going to fall into a lot of people pleasing. We're just going to let everybody else dictate what we're doing, how we're feeling, how we're responding. And so I encourage you to be a little bit more proactive, but have that sense of, I am firm in what matters most, but I'm fluid in my receptivity to 
how the Lord wants me to move about my day and how he wants me to serve my family and the people around me. And this, to me, I think is something that is so important in my own life, in my own growth, and it's been such a beautiful journey to see the ladies in my group coaching community reflecting on this in their own lives too. We talk so much about how this plays out in our daily lives, this sense of receptivity. It's something that comes up a lot because it's something that many of us struggle with because we are oftentimes in the military, we're like pulled, again, we're pulled in a million directions. We've got very strict time schedules. Everyone tells us what to do, where to be, in what uniform, at what time, you know. And so we have to be very intentional about those times that we can shape what our schedules look like, what our time and energy goes to, and how we use the time that we do have best because it makes us appreciate those times that we have with our kids much more because we don't have that much of it. So for you, how might you be called to a bit more receptivity in your day? Number nine is to reduce distractions and the time and energy suckers. And so we can ask ourselves, what tendencies do I fall into a lot? You know, maybe it's mindless scrolling on social media. Maybe it's um, emotional eating or some other form of emotional buffering. Maybe it's a glass of wine every single night. Like these different coping mechanisms that we end up falling into because there's something that we don't really want to face in our reality. And oftentimes it's easier to just numb ourselves instead of either facing them directly head on or bringing them to the Lord. It's uncomfortable to sit in the silence and the stillness in the space and see those things. And so again, be very compassionate with yourself here, but identify where we are actually wasting our time when we're draining our time and energy. I know for me, I can fall into the, the scrolling on social media a lot. And then every time I look back and I'm like, wow, I just wasted, you know, 15 to 20 minutes or however long it was. And sometimes it's like at night when I'm going to sleep and I'm like already very tired and I know I'm going to wake up a million times a night with William. And so, you know, it would be best for my body to get more sleep. But for some reason, like I felt like I needed to go and scroll on social media for that time. And guess what? Afterwards, I probably feel more drained than anything. I know it doesn't fill me. And so oftentimes it's, we end up seeking out something to fill a void and so just again get very curious with yourself about what when you feel triggered to move into those distractions or those buffering mechanisms it's called buffering but essentially it's avoiding any uncomfortable feelings or anything that we're kind of avoiding discomfort in some way we're running from discomfort by filling it with something else and so for many of us who struggle to rest we're going to want to fill stillness and space and silence with something, with some input or some noise or some distractions. Be very, very aware. Maybe think about this over the next week or so. Notice for yourself when you're falling into some of those distractions. And that's a big thing that you can be very intentional about setting boundaries in and reducing so that you can show up more fully to your life that's in front of you. And actually allow yourself to rest and be filled in the ways that you really need to in that moment. And then the last one, number 10 permission to rest. So a big part of slowing down is allowing ourselves to rest. And so many of us feel like we can't afford to rest. We should just push through. That resting is lazy. It's weak. We're never allowed to rest unless everything is done. But the truth of it is that when is everything going to be all done? 
you know, everything in motherhood and managing our home, all of our work also, there's always more to do. It's never done. And when we look at taking care of our home, taking care of our families, like it's cyclical, you know? And so those care tasks, the, you know, the keeping things running smoothly in the home of making meals and then cleaning up after all those meals of the laundry, like, you know, we can put all this pressure on ourselves to either keep up or get caught up or get ahead or whatever. But like, what does that even mean? You know, have we ever taken a step back and kind of defined what those things are and asked ourselves, is that a realistic expectation I should even be holding myself to? Because I know for me, I will like bog myself down all day saying I should be blah, blah, blah. And then I feel like I'm a bad mom if I'm not, you know, but then I take that step back and I'm like, wait a minute, I need to reevaluate this expectation in the first place because maybe that's not realistic. Maybe that's not what God actually is asking of me. And maybe that's actually pulling me away from being present with them. The work will never really be done. And the thing is, this life isn't about just getting the work done or getting everything done on our to-do list or checking all the blocks. It's not about that. And I know this is a big shift, but like I am really trying to turn away from a life that's oriented towards those things and more towards a life that's oriented towards growing into who God has created me to be and orienting my life towards heaven as the ultimate goal and not Again, whatever the world deems success looks like, we end up pushing and pushing until we're finally past our own sanity and we reach that breaking point where we're not able to kind of bury our exhaustion and distraction or numb it or just push past it anymore. We're literally running on fumes and we've hit the point when our gas tank is completely empty and so now we have to pull over to the side of the road because we refuse to get gas along the way. I know I'm kind of laughing saying this, but truly I fall into this trap so much. And I think this is what is plaguing our world today too. We do and do and do and do until we get burnt out from doing. We get into that place where we're like, ah, I I just can, like, I should be doing that pile of laundry over there, but it's just mounting because I have no more energy left in me. I have nothing left. And we start procrastinating and putting more things off. Or we feel like we're, we're finally like at this place where we have to rest because we are so exhausted. But then we feel shame when we do rest because we're not working. And so we don't actually get that full rest because we're constantly thinking when we're at rest, we're thinking about all the things that sh- we should be doing instead and that we should be getting done. I must not be working hard enough. I have to push myself more. Like I shouldn't be resting right now. And so I want to invite you to instead look at it as giving yourself permission to actually rest, to rest intentionally without strings attached, to give yourself permission to rest even when everything is not done. I know you're probably like cringing because that's like goes against everything that you probably have been conditioned to do, like just like me. And so something that's helped me a lot in this is knowing that I am worthy of rest regardless of what is left undone. And I can trust the Lord in all the things that are left undone when I'm resting. Because that's what's going to fuel us to sustainably, generously give to our families and beyond when we actually do rest. And I totally get it, guys. I am such a doer. Like, I am naturally a Martha, and I'm not as much of a Mary. I have a hard time sitting and being still Even when the Lord invites me to sit and be still in his presence and for him to just delight in me and to pour into me, I'm like, no, I want to serve. Like, I really want to serve. I want to do. And so I feel like in some ways, like if I'm not doing something, I'm wasting my time. Or at least that's what I 
thought for so long until I started to realize that rest and slowing down actually takes this level of courage and intentionality that and strength that is greater than just continuing to throw myself into busyness. Rest for body, mind, spirit, it can feel super elusive as mothers and impossible. And I just want to acknowledge that because I think so many of us wonder, how the heck am I supposed to find the time to rest? The thing is, the hurry, this busyness, this constant stress, it feels like it's both outside of us and also inside of us. And that's part of the problem of our world today. We've lost the art of slowing down and of being present. It's easy to feel like we are nothing if we're doing nothing. And so our worth in so many ways gets wrapped around this endless activity and busyness. And the busier we are, the more stressed we become, the more overworked and overextended we become, the more impatient, the more discontent we're going to also be. And it's hard to set limits for ourselves. It's hard saying no to ourselves, to other people, to set boundaries. It takes a lot of courage to rest in the midst of a society that tells us our worth is in our productivity and our results and our performance and all the outcomes and our constant doing. It takes strength to walk away from these narratives to pursue something better. What is my relationship with rest in the first place? Do I allow myself to rest ever? You know, what could rest look like? And rest is so much more than just sleep or naps. I actually want to encourage you to think about it as much more of a mental, emotional, and spiritual restoration. That renewal, just as much as a physical rest. Because we need both. And when we are more mentally and emotionally and spiritually rested, we're going to actually, our body's going to be able to finally relax. And we'll be able to sleep more soundly instead of you know, waking up in the middle of the night with insomnia and anxiety. Or not being able to go to sleep because of all the things that are weighing on us. Because I know that happens for me too. And so for so many of us, we have probably kind of started to apply different survival mechanisms where as an adaptation to the demands in our life and the environments that we've been in, we've shut down the ability to discern when we actually need to rest and when we need to listen to our body, when we need to listen to our mind when it's telling us we need a little bit of a break, we need to decompress. And many of us end up resorting to less healthy methods of resting. We fall into a lot of distractions and things like that. We can start with saying to ourselves, thank you for helping me survive in these competitive, these fast-paced, these busy environments that I've been in. Because for, for that, maybe it wasn't safe for me to rest, or I got the messages and the narratives that it wasn't safe to rest and to pause. But now my body's in a place where it doesn't really know that I can rest. In those moments when we are trying to rest, when we know we need it, when we, we can rest, we can beat ourselves up all day and say, what is wrong with me? I can't even rest. Like, I know I should be, but I'm trying to be still. And it's so uncomfortable to be still. We can take a step back and we can say, oh, this is so interesting. And get really curious about it and be more compassionate with ourselves about it. And say, oh, I'm noticing something is happening here. It's really uncomfortable for me to actually give myself space to rest. If I'm not doing, I feel like I'm not as worthy for some reason. When I'm not doing something, 
then I'm not worth anything. Why do I have that narrative in my mind? If I'm not being productive, then I'm less valuable or I'm not using this time well. Oh, that's so interesting. You know, and so take that from, take it from this place of curiosity and start to get to know a little bit more of what those narratives that we have around rest look like. It's okay if we're uncomfortable with resting, but we can start to show ourselves in that discomfort. We can start to regain that trust in the safety of resting. We can untie our identity and our worth from our productivity, from that constant hustle, from performance, and from our output in work or in our home, with our families, whatever it may be. Creating that space for what matters most first of putting being present, quality connections with the people that we love, giving back, rest, leisure time, and mindful movement exercise, those things that really do fill our cups. If we put those things first, then we're going to be better, better able to discern everything that actually contributes to our fulfillment, to our joy, to our happiness. And we're going to be able to better say no to those things that are actually draining our time, our energy, our focus, and reducing our joy at the end of the day. So building that life of quality over quantity, slower over frantic chaos, and focus over this bread thinness, and it's being pulled in a million directions, that's what's going to lead to much greater peace and fulfillment and actually living out our calling. And this is such a big shift because most of us have been taught our entire lives that hustle that productivity, that achievement, all of those things are the path to success, are the path to happiness, to fulfillment. But I instead invite you to embrace what I've been going through, which is this painful but beautiful and freeing process of unlearning. That discomfort that initially comes with starting to do less. And exploring the idea that doing less does not make you less worthy. That does not make you any less. That actually can amplify the impact that you are meant to make. Because that's what fuels your peace, your creativity, your innovation, your ability to pour yourself out and give yourself fully to the things that you are meant to and be truly present in those things. 